Greetings from Papitoville. It's the one and only Lance Bias. This is my show. We get to talk about things going on in our life, our culture, and in our minds. It's Thursday, November what, 19th, I believe. Let's double check that. I don't want to give you no false information, you know. I don't want to give you no fake news, as they call that shit these days. But yeah, Thursday. November 19th, 2020, we back at it, I know I've been missing, I've been missing in action, but we back, man, we back, fuck it, so what are we talking about today, huh, what I want to talk to the congregation about today, last night I'm kicking back, you know, I'm putting in some work with one of my partners, I'm about to get my hair done, all, all the while I'm watching the NBA draft, now for a person like me, I've been watching the NBA draft when I was, since I was a little boy, you know. I used to have those dreams of playing in the NBA. One day hearing my name called as I walk across the stage and shake the hand and watch my life change. So I've always been tied into the NBA draft and not just the uh, sport of basketball of it, but the, the background stories of hearing people find success and change their family's life and how they struggled before and overcame those struggles. So I've always been, you know, tied into the humanness of the NBA draft. Not just the basketball players and that they're going to be going to different teams and playing in different cities, but their family's going to change, you know? So we're going to jump into it because I look at the NBA draft different. Like I said, I'm not just looking at players and shit. I'm looking at people that literally, they created goals and dreams for themselves and they and they manifested it. They reached their pinnacle. They, they still got more work to put in because, you know, that's just... Making it to the NBA, that's half of it. That's just half of it right there. Because afterwards, you still got to go out there and put the work in this shit. But setting that goal of, I want to make it to the NBA. And unfortunately, this year, you know, this ain't the first year where, you know, players wasn't in the, I want to say in the arena, but they wasn't at the draft physically. Because there's been times in the past where players have stayed home with their families and they had a camera crew out there, you know, to catch the the reactions. They do it in the NFL as well. <clears throat> so, like, the sports teams, they kind of were ready for the uh, the drafts to be virtual this year, dealing with COVID and shit. But to watch somebody reach their goal, like, you see so many of these young men break down and start crying because it, it all develops from a love for the sport. Like, you find something that you're passionate about in life and you you pursue it. You try to become the best that you can at it. You try to not only maximize your potential, but go even further than that. And that's what most of the young men in the NBA draft, most of the young women in the WNBA draft, the young boys in the NFL draft, that's what these people represent, people that set goals for themselves and accomplish it. And I look at it as that's a beautiful thing because that's motivation to me. Whether I'm older or younger, I've always looked at it like, I can set a goal and I can reach it. And I can be rewarded for reaching my goal. So that always was motivation for me. But to take it a step further, these young men, because it's basketball, they got these draft night dreams of, you know, shaking the commissioner's hand and changing their family's life and becoming famous, some of them, becoming wealthy. There's a lot of different things that, you know, go into it. So just by setting a goal or having a dream, that not only can affect your life, it can change your life, your family's life, generations behind them. But we're going to get into that. But like I said, draft night for me is different because you get to watch people 
you get to watch generational wealth be uh, born. Unless you come from, you know, like I said, we talking about basketball. So a lot of these young men, they don't come from great neighborhoods or great family structures. They come from great families, but the family structure maybe wasn't the best. You know, they had to go through some shit to make it about their situation. So they can be successful and make it to play in the NBA, play in whatever sport they want to and shit. But you get to literally, if you watch the NBA draft, the NFL draft, NFL a little different because the money ain't guaranteed. But if you watch... These young black men in baseball and basketball, you watch them get drafted, you're literally watching the beginning of generational wealth be born. That's amazing to me. Like, to, to you literally go from at one hour, you can be a teenager, you can be a young man in your early teens, you know, you may, excuse me, you have this gift of basketball, but you financially, you're a regular motherfucker, if not poor. A lot of them come from either being regular motherfuckers to, or poor to being millionaires within a matter of minutes. Like, that night, their whole life would change. Seeing that is a beautiful thing. Like, I, I remember seeing... I can't remember the, the 96 draft like that, but I remember the 2003 draft. And I remember seeing LeBron's face and understanding why his smile was so big. Nigga, he ain't poor no more. Yeah, he was getting checks before the NBA. He signed a big Nike deal, $90 million. But you, you see these young men, they faces light up with, with a smile you could never imagine. They, they release pain and tears that you couldn't even fathom because of what they went through. So you watching people go from being broke or poor or middle class to becoming millionaires. You watching the beginning generation, the beginning of generational wealth, and that's life changing. Because even if these young men had a father in their life or had just a mother, that night everything changes. It ain't just oh you hit the lottery. No, nigga, you are the lottery now. You're able to make money, keep coming in now through other avenues of success, whether it be real estate, investment, um, commercials. Advertisement, endorsement, you're able to keep a revenue stream, you're able to change your family's wealth, you're able to change the next couple generations of your family wealth based off your name being called. Like I said, this ain't football. Whereas a basketball, a young boy might sign a, a, a rookie deal and that, that lasts like say three, four years. Say he get hurt in the first year, he's still getting his money. Ben Simmons was cashed out before he even played an NBA game. Like he was icy before he ever played the NBA game. He set out this first year. But he still got paid. That's why I say this shit is this real money right here. Niggas be trying, niggas be doing crime to get a little couple thousand, hundred thousand, go to jail, fuck up their whole family lineage. Man, watching these young boys get drafted, they are creating generational wealth. They're setting their families up if they make the right decisions to prosper for years to come. That's a beautiful thing to me. So beautiful. I don't, I don't know about you because it's like, that's, that's what we hear. We all trying to re- create generational wealth in different forms for our family. Whether it be, I'm going to create the first block so that my children can step up and go to a higher level, or I'm going to create a whole house that my family can bask off of and live off of. You know, it's all about doing better for your family. And watching these drafts, you get to just see like, for me, the joy in it is seeing black people become millionaires and become wealthy. Like, seeing the faces of their family members and shit. Like, it ain't always going to go the best. You know, family do fucked up things. They take your money. They do all types of crooked shit. But at the same time, to see that joy of that family that struggled for years, 
and then you're able to take care of your family, like, that's a beautiful thing. Like, the Iversons, they never going to be broke. Like, they may fuck up some money, but Alan Iverson has created something that his children can eat off for years to come. When you say the name answered, AI, you talking about the best player under six feet, his children are going to be able to eat off that. That's generational wealth. That's that's what I love about the draft. Like that, I, that's my big thing about the draft. Yeah, I love basketball. I love seeing players get the opportunity. But I see, I love seeing young black men be able to create generational wealth because they chase their dream. That's what it's all about for me, man. But on a personal note, you know I'm a Sixers fan. I talk all my shit. Like, listen, Jimmy Butler would go to the chip. First of all, I told people if he goes to the chip, I'm becoming a Dallas fan. Then I had to, I had to reconstruct that statement. Like, yo, not if he goes to uh, the chip, but if he win the chip or get uh, Finals MVP, then you know, fuck, fucking, fuck the Sixers. <laughs> I will become a, a a Dallas Mavericks fan. But Jimmy didn't win. He did go to the chip, but he didn't win. So I'm still a Sixers fan. So last night, my Sixers made a couple moves. As you know or may not know, we got a new, I want to say, president of basketball operations because I think Elton Brand's still the GM. So I think Daryl Morey, I think that's homie name, coming from Houston. I think he's the president of our operations. He's going to be busting moves. He's already started busting moves. He he famous for busting moves. Like, that nigga loves trading shit. <laughs> but he came in. He made a couple moves. We made a couple draft picks. So uh, let's see. Originally, right before the draft, Somehow, in a miracle move, he was able to move Al Horford. Where he sent Al? He sent Al Horford to uh, to Oklahoma City for Danny Green. I think Danny Green got like one year left on this contract. Al got three years, eighty-one million. So for Daryl to be able to move that contract like that, big ups, man, because that was a move that we wanted to make for the last two years. That's a move people wanted to make as soon as we signed Al Horford. Like, no, that's a big contract. We got to move this shit. So, he got rid of Al Horford. Bam, I think he got Danny G and a draft pick from last night. We'll talk about what that turned into. But uh, during the draft. So, he started making our picks. I think our first pick was like in the 20s and shit. And we grabbed a young bull, a shooting guard from Kentucky named uh, Tyrese Maxey. From all accounts, all the praises he been getting, young bull seemed like he about to put that work in. Like he been out there working with Rondo. LeBron said he, uh, he a good one. We got a good player. So it was just, you know, time will tell on that. But we're going to see. He's a shooting guard. He seemed like he, uh, he, like, he seems like an athletic version. Because I'm not calling this guy non-athletic. But he seems like a more athletic version than Matthias. Whatever. I can't say this nigga name. Matthias Thibault. Ah, God damn. We got to get you a nickname, homie. Thigh. That's your name. Then the little homie Thigh Deuce Deuce. <laughs> For the Sixers, he seemed like a more athletic version of him. I think he might be a little shorter, but I, I like the pick. Now, that, now, we made a couple picks. I mean, uh, say that we did make a couple picks, and some of these players we sent off to other places, but I think these picks are the ones we're going to keep, these three players. So uh, the second pick that we made, or that the second player that we're going to have coming to the team from the draft last night, Arkansas guard, I think he a guard, named Isaiah Joe. I don't know a lot about him. I'm going to do my research. Don't worry. We're going to talk more about the Sixers before the season come. Season started December 22nd, so I got some time to do my research. Third player we grabbed, another, uh, I believe, a guard 
uh, out of DePaul, named Paul Reed. Now, we made another move. Matter of fact, I'm going to talk about the other move first before I get into this point. Now, we also, uh, during the draft last night, we managed to trade Josh, Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. And I like that trade. I like it. Now, understand, the way we went in the draft last night, besides the young boy, Maxie, and I don't know the rest of the young boys yet, but I'm going to get to know them. The way we went in the draft last night, the moves that we made, we got less defense but more shooting. We got old Al. You know, he's slow, but he can knock down a shot. But we need, you know, movement and shit. We got him off. So that's that's taking away some of our defense. We're going to get a big man from free agency probably, uh, Trishna Harris. But we picked up a lot of shooting last night. Seth's a shooter. From what I'm being told, all these young boys that we drafted, shooters. Danny Green's a shooter. So that's the kind of way we trying to move into where so we're going to run. Daryl love to run. He don't give a fuck if you score. We got Joel Embiid back there. Fuck it. <laughs> but we're going to run and try to put up some points. So the Sixers, my team, it looked like they made some moves, made some good picks last night. I gave y'all a B plus last night. I even I might give y'all an A. Fuck it. Y'all get an A. Not a bad, not a bad draft, guys. You, you did good, kid. But uh, the highlights of the draft. So during the draft, I'm watching it. And we having a conversation, and I'm telling them, I'm like, yo, like, you wouldn't believe, like, the uptick in biracial relationships, especially, like, watching the draft. Like, it went from maybe 20 years ago, it was a couple families, to 2010, it was, like, maybe five to ten families. Oh, last night, they showed out, nigga. Every other family, if not every two families out of three, it was biracial. It was biracial, yo. It is nothing wrong with it. I'm, I'm, I have nothing against biracial relationships. That's the way of the world. We want the world to be peaceful and for people to be free to come together. Hey, nigga, that's a biracial relationship. But uh, it's crazy because when I first said it, they was on like maybe the second family of the night. By the end of the night, they was on like they maybe like 12th or 15th family of like a biracial relationship. And I was explaining that's the way the world was moving. It been moving this way. With the, the Drakes and the Steph Curry's. Not the light skin, like we ain't gonna get into the light skin, dark skin, but the biracial family, the Clay Thompsons and stuff. The biracial family is becoming more prevalent, especially in America. Not only did they show us crazy amounts of biracial families, oh one of them took the cake, y'all. I wish I could show it to you right now. I wish we was on YouTube and I can uh uh, upload the clip for you, but we see biracial family after family last night. Every time they call a young boy name, you see the black mom. I mean, excuse me, excuse my language. You see the black father and the white mom. Nothing wrong with it. I want to. I want to say that again. That's not my point here. You see the black father and the white mom. Hey, they son made it. That's what it's about. That's the most important thing. But one of these families, oh, when I say these niggas too real for TV, this black dad and this white mom, <laughs> they put the camera, I think my man name is uh, Ziki Naji, I believe, or ZZ Naji. I got I to gotta research him. Oh, if somebody please correct me. I think he going to Denver. He might be going somewhere else. But I'm going to keep, I'm gonna, I got to look at, I got to look this man up because I want to know more about his family. And this nigga play the piano. But this is how this shit went down. So they call your name, boom, with the number, whatever pick, 
we picked ZZ Naji or whatever his name is. The camera goes on a shot of him and his family sitting at home, and they excited, and they start to jump up. But that's not that's not what was crazy about it. That's not why I made the highlights. When I say my black brother had his whole white family dressed in dashikis. <laughs> It was the greatest thing I ever seen, yo. Mom was, she was the first one up. Like, she wasn't timid. Like, oh my God, I got a dashiki. I don't, I don't know what people are gonna think. Mom jumped up. Brothers and sisters jumped up. They all got their African print. Dad black as motherfucking thick molasses. He jumped up happy as shit. Whole family light skin in that motherfucker. Really white. But uh, dad blackest one up in there. Jump up happy. So we start busting out laughing. Kind of find out, no, this ain't no stunt. This ain't no game. These, they brought out pictures, like they showed like maybe one, maybe two pictures of the family, like back in the day when the uh, when the young boy that got drafted last night was a kid. Oh no, they've been dressing like this since the 90s or whenever this nigga was born. He didn't have his family. He had his white woman. All the other biracial families that was on there, they were, you know, dressed in there. They were presentable with suits and nice dresses. Oh no. Oh no. My black brother had his whole white family looking like they was about to move to Wakanda if they were not already there. We were in jokes last night so hard. Like, yo, these niggas showed up in Wakanda and was like, who let them in? Who let them? Who let these niggas in? <laughs> yo, when I say that was the funniest shit, we bit off that shit. I'm talking about real terrorist type of crime. But it was great to see. Like I, like I said, I ain't got nothing against biracial relationships. I don't care if you think I do. Fuck it. Fuck you too. But it was great to see that white woman so excited representing that African culture like that. Somebody get this woman an ovation. God damn it. What did, what did Kurt say? Get it. It's two claps. Give a lady two claps. Because she held it down. She held Wakanda down stronger than some sisters is. No offense. No offense. But if you, if you know, you know. If you've seen it, you would know. So that was definitely one of the highlights of the night. But the ultimate, the ultimate motherfucking highlight for me, <coughs> being a black man, loving the sport of basketball, watching young black men be drafted, the highlight of the draft last night for me was the stigma being broken when they say black men ain't there for their children. Because every young boy that got drafted last night, besides I would say one, and his dad was there too, all them young boys talked about how my dad was there for me. How I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for my dad. My dad started this love for that game. If you can, if you got the technology to go to YouTube or ESPN, go back and watch last night's draft and watch all the motherfucking black fathers be there for their children. That stigma broke. We're not dealing with these with the 90s and the early 2000s no more. You got to understand, the young men being drafted last night, they were... 18, 19, 20, 21. So their fathers are most likely 35 to 50. Their fathers was there in their life. This is a new generation. You can't kick that black man ain't there for their father. I watched it with my own eyes. Every father, every young black man, shit, every man that was drafted there last night, his father was there. Unless he, unless his father had died, every black man there, every man there had his father there with him. So y'all can't kick this shit. Y'all can't kick these lies. <laughs> Black fathers ain't there for their children. Nigga, I just watched 60 motherfuckers be drafted. I watched about 15 to 20 of them become millionaires. And guess who was right there beside them? They daddy. Nigga, they black father. 
So before y'all part y'all lips, say some shit, you put them back together and kiss my ass, because black men is there for their kids. Oh, yeah, we out yet. When you see these little girls becoming basketball players and doctors and business, hey, dad was there to support. These young black young boys that, you know, became millionaires, changed their family's course of life, generational wealth being built. Oh, yeah, nigga, they black daddies was there, so y'all can't talk that black father shit. Don't say no black fathers ain't there because I watched it. And you're going to see more of it. You just also gonna see more biracial relationships. So prepare yourself for that. If you ain't ready, hey nigga, get ready. It's part of life. Motherfuckers is co-mingling. This shit ain't segregation. It's just amazing, you know, to see, like I said, for me, it's amazing to just see young men young men, people in general, human beings create goals and achieve those goals. Every year somebody gets drafted, but you don't know who. But when you hear their name, is the people that chase their dreams and really, really went after their goals and, you know, manifested the life they're going to live. And watching black men, especially, like, all the players, they're going to get paid. Maybe you're going to get paid a great salary, maybe not. But watching these young black men create generational wealth off of their dreams and goals and their hard work, it's beautiful to me, man. I don't know another, it ain't great, it ain't cool, it ain't dope, it's beautiful. It's, the, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen besides my children. Watching black men become millionaires and being able to take care of their family. I love watching the draft for that specific reason. I had to hold my team down, so I had to watch it. I don't, I don't really you know, watch the NFL draft like that. I'm an NFL fan, I'm really an Eagles fan, but I ain't you know all in. But basketball, I'm all in. So I had to see what my team was going to pick up, what type of moves we going to make. We made some cool moves. I ain't mad. Shout out Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, Jamir Nelson, everybody else over there at the Sixers uh, organization. Hopefully y'all can turn it around. We can get a fucking championship. I want to be a champion, goddammit. I come from a Lakers background. So me coming back home to the Sixers once Kobe retired, listen, I knew we was in for some tough years, but once we got good, nigga, I thought, shit. I thought it was on. I thought we had to put the ski masks on because we was going outside. I thought we was going to win some shit. But yeah. Oh, damn, I wish y'all could see this black this uh, black and white family from Wakanda. Oh, that shit was so beautiful. I'm going to find a picture and I'm going to upload it to my, uh, to my fucking IG, to my Instagram. So if you follow me on IG... Under you know Good Weed Matters eighty seven or Lens Bias or I mean Lens L E N Z underscore B I A S. Follow me at one of those. You are gonna see the picture I'm talking about. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna find that motherfucker. But yeah, NBA draft man. Just another remem- uh, just another reminder to go out there chase your dreams. Chase whatever your version of success is. Not someone else's. Chase your version of it. Your version of it. That's how you determine what your life going to be. Your life is determined by your thoughts, and your thoughts determine your actions. So the shit that you think about, put some action behind it and manifest something great for yourself, man. Might just create generational wealth for your family. Might just find something you love to do. 
But it's all about finding something, chasing it, and becoming better, making your family better from it too. Me, I'm going to get my day started. You know, we had a little bit of a uh, little white Ziffindel in the cup, a little blunt, got a little joint waiting on me. We're going to get this money, baby. Peace.